The white zone is for the loading and unloading of R2-D2s only. Please restrict all C-3PO's to the yellow zone. Thank you. Hello, Sci-Fi fans. This is Colin Ferguson from Eureka, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now, your hosts, Scott, Miles, and Em. Your table is ready. Live long and prosper. This is the captain. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. So we'll, we'll start the show and just let it roll. Well, yeah, you can do the shamata. We're not going to do the, hi, you're listening to the Zeb Identified Podcast. Why not? Well, you start. Okay, I'll start. We'll do it. I will. Okay. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. My name is Scott Herzog. And good afternoon, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. Hi, I'm M. Sierra Garcia. And we're recording live from Farpoint. Hi. It's awesome. We have a small crowd out there. Yay! Dude, it's bigger than we so, thought. So it is really loud. People can hear you. People can hear you. The white can... zone is for loading and unloading of nerds only. Yeah. Please only unload your nerds in the white zone. There you go. There we go. I there we go. Well, we have an awesome, awesome time. We've been having an awesome time. And we have sitting here with us... I can't believe it. We are sitting here with the amazing Mr. Colin Ferguson, who you know as wow, Sheriff Jen Carter. It. You're reading it. I'm you sticking even it. <laughs> okay. So right. it's totally not completely scripted. We're sitting but here with the. Uh, I'm nerding uh, out. Who is Unle- this guy? We're talking to. The effervescent <laughs> volume of nerd that's going on in this right here. <laughs> I'm, I'm losing my, you know what? That's kids around because. So you right now, you know, because we're hanging out with Jack Carter, who I adore, and other shows like that that I'm not going to mention because I'm all focused on Eureka. Well, thank um, you. So we're here with Jack Carter, who is also <laughs> Colin Ferguson, and I'm just going to go. <laughs> You're doing great. I'm I think done. it's going very well. That's uh, right, right, right. Fantastic. Right, right. Um, it's just we're. I know I'm pretty psyched to have you here, and we're. We're. I don't. Words. Words are happening. Um, <laughs> So given that the nerding out is happening because of the Eureka, how did the Eureka happen for you? Uh, it, was, it was pilot season, like, like any other. And, and uh, at the time, this was, pre, this was sort of pre-cable boom. This was pre-anything like that. And uh, the, the initial audition came in January, mm. which is at the beginning of pilot season. I, I had some network um, heat at the time, and none of my reps wanted me to do it. They all said, you know, with this sci-fi thing, you know, this is cable. No one does cable. You know, you got to stick with the networks. Trust us. We know what we're talking about. And uh, fortunately, I didn't have to make a decision because they said they were interested, mm-hmm. but nothing happened. And they didn't come back to me until April, which is really long. Like, that's, you just assume that someone else is cast and, and it's, it's moved on. And in April, by that point... I hadn't gotten anything else, and all of a sudden my reps were like, yeah, but you know this cable thing. I mean, <laughs> don't underestimate it. It's, uh, there's potential there. So, um, so I go in, and I thought it was going to be a bit of a slam dunk, but I go in, there were 14 guys. There were 14 guys auditioning for, for my part. There were 
seven or eight girls auditioning for Sally's part. Uh, Julie Benz was there auditioning for Sally's oh, wow. part. Uh, Alana De La Garza was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were two girls for Jordan. Those were the only three parts they were casting that day. And it was, uh, I guess, a, a, a half Filipino girl, which, which I, I thought she was great. I thought, oh, that's really interesting, because in the pilot, you don't know she's my daughter until the end of the episode. Mm. So I thought that would be great to sort of bring in, you know, a different ethnicity, and that would that would help, you right. know, with that particular um, plot thing. I was wrong, um, <laughs> and I think Alana De La Garza was the the. Um, it was hers to lose, mm. and uh, she lost it. So she then she went on to do whatever she did. Law um, and order. Yeah, law and order for a while, and then something now. She's doing something now. Mm-hmm. So a phenomenal career, you know, that she's had. So so that was sort of how it all came about. And then the final audition, I go in, and it's um, it's just Jordan's character and my character being cast. And I walk around the corner, and it's Ed Kerr, um, who was on Sisters for a lot of years. So it's just between Ed Kerr and myself. I had lost so many roles to Ed Kerr at that point. So I round the corner, basically see my nemesis, right? And I'm like, oh, no, one more thing I'm not going to get. I hate Ed Kerr. Um, and then this one went my way. So Fantastic. Yeah, it was cool. I, I, I can't imagine anybody else playing the role. It just it became you. Thank like, you. It Thanks. really did become you. And so as I go back to my scripted questions, because yeah. brain is gone. That's a, t- that's a cool tiara. Can I see the, the... Thank you. Or what would you call it? So it's my Wonder Woman tiara. Tiara. Okay. Yeah. From that's, the new 52. Here, give it up. I'm going to wear the... Are what, you? What? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You I will let wear. With well, my see, giant man head. She wouldn't let me wear it. She wouldn't let me wear it. Not without the hair product. But now it's good That's a good looking... That's... Oh, my... That's it. Do the duck face. You got to do... You, duck face. It's almost, Sweet. you make it look manly. <laughs> yeah. 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 You wouldn't think it, but uh, anyway, thank you. I won't let Scott wear it because of the hair products. I know. I know. <laughs> Yikes. I think Dal wants some of it back. Oh, <laughs> rough, rough. Saddest interview Dude. ever. Uh, <laughs> That's what you get for getting a girl on this show. I know, I know. <laughs> so Eureka has could be serious and dramatic. There is a lot of fun exploration on Eureka. It wasn't just shtick. It wasn't just science. There was comedy. There was drama. There was epic. There were great story arcs that carried on. I mean, it, I mean, as an actor, how how much fun was what What was that like for you to be able to to have all of that at your disposal? It was it was great. It was like we got to do our version of every movie ever, like Journey to the Center of the Earth, and you know, giant monsters, and and uh, it was it was really fun. I felt like I got to play. Um, I get to have, I got to have multiple people's careers. You know, I got to I got to do that thing and that thing and that thing, and I got to you know do comedic stuff and dramatic stuff because the problem with television is you you do the same episode every week, for all intents and purposes. So if you're not doing a bunch of different things, it gets really repetitive. Like I don't know how those guys on the um, those like CSI shows survive because it's it's just mind numbing dialogue to do as an actor, and they do a phenomenal job of putting life into it, but it's it's tough work. Along with that, there was they put Carter in a lot of dicey situations. It's they put Colin in a lot of dicey situations. <laughs> Let's talk there about were, that. There were episodes that I just watched. And I was like, "That's got to be a double." Yeah, no. Carter gets fixed by a UV pen in a magic lab. Oh, I mean, Colin does it. The one that's that sticks out to me was you walked on a uh, Carter walks onto a floor. See, I said you. Yeah. Um, you walk onto a floor, and you didn't have clearance, and all of a sudden the the gravity thing, and you just boom right onto that the ground. That killed. 
Yeah. I watched that, and I'm not going to lie, I rewound it a couple of times because it was hilarious. <laughs> well, I but, made the decision that, that, um, that I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if, if I bent my body at my knees and just sort of slammed my back into the ground? I thought that was, that works for that moment. And then you do it. You're like, that's a terrible decision. <laughs> like, like, there's a reason why other people don't make that decision because it's a bad decision. There's so many, at least there's there's probably one in each episode, but then there are some episodes where I just feel like I don't even know what his insurance writers like. Cause it <laughs> Yeah. Well there was there was a couple things I wasn't allowed to do over the years. Like that there was um Heath got to jump out of the Jeep and uh, well it wasn't a Jeep, it was CGI, but he got to jump and fall eighty feet into water in the episode uh, Up in the Air with the Bank. Yes. They wouldn't let me do that because I thought that seems like fun and they said absolutely not. And I wasn't allowed to drive, I wasn't allowed to stunt drive with other actors in the car because that was dangerous for them. <laughs> but I could stunt drive with myself in the car. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And the, the, the funny thing is the Jeep that was good from the, from the exterior, because we had Jeeps that were good from the interior and Jeeps that, that were good from the exterior. And so the Jeeps that were, that were good from the exterior, the ones we did stunts in, my seat wasn't attached. It was sitting on sandbags on the inside of the car. It wasn't attached to the car. Wow. So, but I had to buckle up my seatbelt because that's, <laughs> that's safe. Oh. And you'll, you'll get a ticket if you don't. Yeah, exactly. Right, I'll right. give myself a ticket. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so there's, there's lots of stuff like that. And, they, and we, I mean, part of the thing that we liked is, is going the distance, you know, you know trying to, to do our own stunts as much as we could and, and taking the hits on that. And there were, there were lots of injuries over the years. Um, I'll talk about that later. I'll talk about it now if you want, but I can You sure. can talk about it now. Um, the, the, the worst injury we had was uh, Frazier, my stunt double, because my old stunt double, Heath, uh, broke both of his heels. He was doing... Uh, um, he was doing an episode of Smallville, and uh, and I would do my own stunts, but they would have Heath and Frazier there to also do them. And the way that we would work it is they would do it for camera, they would do it for me, then they'd come over and say, okay, it sort of works like this, um, it gets a bit tricky here, and it gets a bit tricky there, So and so, you know, and camera could learn what the move is, and then I would go in and do it like once or twice. Um, so we sort of burned them out. So Frazier, this one time, he had to do a dive forward roll as Lupo's Subaru comes in and spins to a stop. And he had the, the, the thing, the, the prop like this. It gets caught under his collarbone as he does the dive forward roll. Rips his collarbone out. And um, yeah. And then the weird thing is right, like right after it happens, they're like, okay, Frazier's done calling, you're up. <laughs> you know, holy like, shit! What? <laughs> you know, sweet yeah. Jesus! And they oh wouldn't let me gosh. do that because because uh, a car was coming at me, mm. and they said that's just too dangerous. If you get hit, we'll have to shut down. So it's never about anyone's safety; it's about shutting down. Like we right. can't shut down. Right, right. You know, I might break my foot. That's okay. We can shoot around your foot. We need you the know. face. It's yeah, just the yeah. face. The, the face is, is oh, that's tricky. I mean, Vigo Mortensen did it. I mean, you can do it. Yeah, it's that fine. That might cost us in CGI. We can't have that. <laughs> yeah. With getting to play Carter, getting to play Carter, and be part of that amazing, delicious cast. Great cast. I have you. And how had, about Joe Morton, who's won an Emmy for Scandal? Oh, I know. Yay! Right? Yay! You, we had talent on that show. Yeah, great talent on that show. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a never-ending discussion of how it should have never ended. It, it should have never ended. ended. And I'm very pleased to have brought my nephews into the... I have twin nephews who we've indoctrinated into the sci-fi world. And so Eureka and Space 1999 
as nice. 10 year olds is that's what they're learning this year that's great so they're doing this side by side and they love it and they think you're hilarious and oh, like oh nice. my they they worry about you that you fall down and break something which i worry about me exactly. <laughs> the whole the whole first the whole first season i had a broken foot the whole first season. They just worked around it. Well, it hurt to walk on and to run on, but there was no fix. There was nothing I could do. We had to keep shooting, so so I fixed it in the off season. But they couldn't just put you on a dolly and you just move your arms. They could have, but they didn't. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Forget how we broke it, but it was it was a sad day when you realize, oh, my Yikes. foot's broken. That's sad. It's all right. It's not in the shot. Let's keep going. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I was wearing those moon boots for shoes. If you look on the show. <laughs> Nice. Well, so along with this gorgeous show and cast, you've got your resume shows has a bunch of other great shows like Haven and Vampire Diaries. Tell us what it's like to be there. Um, Haven was important because I was coming off of Eureka show, which uh, really became my family uh, over the course of six years. You're working 16 hours a day for eight months of the year. You see those people more often than you see anyone else. And by that, I mean, you know, uh, the focus puller, the, the camera operator, the DP, the, the grips. Like, th- th- those are your, your family, you know. And we covered for each other when, you know. You know, I remember one day Gary, was it Gary or was it Lou? These are camera operators. I think it was Lou. Lou's daughter had a, a piano recital. Sounds like mundane, right? But, you know, you're working 16-hour days, and Lou's like, I gotta get to this thing, or my wife's gonna kill me. Like, like I, I have to get to this thing. So we structured the day in a way that production never found out that Lou left for two hours. We were like, and I was like, okay, I can throw a fit at like at a certain point. Where <laughs> we're like, I need a moment. I gotta go back to my train. It was also that Lou could go to piano recital. So, so you're, you do stuff like oh that constantly God. for because it was your family, right? right? So I've completely forgotten the question, but um, what was the question? I don't know. I was just so enchanted oh, by all of it. Diaries of Vampire Diaries of Haven. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Haven was important because that was my family. Uh, I, I knew the Haven cast and crew from years of promotion, mm. and uh, the, the EP is one of my better friends. So being able to transition from a group that I was so tight with to a group that I, a group that I knew and loved and were, and were, were close was was neat because I was nervous. Mm. I didn't, I didn't want to go out and end up on some show where they treated me badly. You know, that's never a, a fun a fun feeling. So that's why I loved Haven. And that was some of the best writing that I'd gotten um, when someone said they were going to write something for me. Um, I thought they did a phenomenal job on Haven. That's, and now it was very joyful the other day that I didn't realize this until I was watching TV. And I love, the commer- I love commercials. I find them interesting. And then I hear the voice. And then I, it's about laundry, and you, you are now the face of Maytag. I am the face of Maytag. So when I do laundry, I think of you. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I Which lo- is really weird, and I'm sorry. And what, it, like, it sounds weird. They're, I lucked out. They're a really funny company. Um, I said this this morning to someone. They're quicker to say that it's not funny than I am. Which is great, you know, so you know that the quality is going to stay, stay up there. Like, I'll do something or, or I'll do exactly what they wrote and they go, that's not funny. That's not, we don't like it. So, so it's great. They're actually trying, trying hard and doing a pretty good job of sort of selling their product within that uh, thing. But I'm, I'm there doing the Maytag stuff and, uh, and all of a sudden it comes out in French, right? They give me a page and, and they're like, can you do this? And it's, it's French. Like it's, it's it's an ad in French, and I was like I I was like I I can I'm actually from Montreal I can I can speak French. Um, was that your plan? 
to just present a page of French dialogue to whoever you cast and sort of go, oh, can you do this language? And they're like, yeah. They're testing you. <laughs> just, just to show you, like, the, sometimes the lack of forethought. And, and as an actor, you're like, that's a terrible decision. Um, but I ended up, I, do, I did the ads in French. That's Which is fun. That is awesome. And they don't have to dub you. No, well, I actually insisted that they dub me. Oh, really? Um, I, ins- I, ins- I insisted because um, if, they're, if they thought that anybody could do French, I knew they wouldn't regionalize the accent properly. Okay. Mm. And so by insisting that, they, and they could have overruled me and just said no, but insist, if I, I insisted, I knew that they'd take the time to sort of figure out exactly where in Quebec they wanted the accent from. Because, mm-hmm. you know, is very different from Montreal, is very different from Quebec City, so I, I just needed them to do that due diligence. Cool. Very um, cool. And that's the stuff you do as an actor. It's a lot of sort of, you know, covering yourself. Mm. Um, that's honest. And yeah. it's, it's, I love that. And I just love you. And that's it. I'm going to keep going. I love you too. <laughs> Don't say that. I do. Now I'm screwed. <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. So where else can we find you? Um, I'm in baby jail currently. Baby jail. I am. I have a 17-month-old son. So I'm doing a lot of... of Daddy. You know, yeah, that is a baby cactus. Yeah, that's grass. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there's a plane. Wave to the plane. That's my life right now. No, you don't eat that brown thing. Nah, you eat the brown thing. Nah. <laughs> that's how you learn not to eat the brown thing. <laughs> um, Tough love. Yeah, exactly. See, that's a rock. Shouldn't eat that. Um, but he's fantastic and, and uh, a wonderful opportunity. And mm. uh, I love him to death. So that's what I'm doing right now. All right. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with Colin's us. Colin's giving him some love there. You, yeah, thanks for having us. It's nice talking with you, Colin. Thank you. I thank just got you. a cuddle from Colin. You did. I'm going to need a minute. You're going to need a minute? Well, I can talk a little bit. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you heard, we just got done chatting with Colin Ferguson. It was an awesome, awesome interview. And uh, we've been having a great time at the con. I mean, and it's not a, just with him. We sat with... Tim Russ this morning, chatted with Tim Russ for a while. Awesome, awesome. And um, got him to sign some stuff. I got pictures with him. You can see those on the Facebook. Uh, sat with Timothy Zahn. The true canon of Star yeah, the Wars. The real sequels. The real to sequels. Four, five, and six, Not right? those fan fiction films. Uh, that they're putting out with Disney. Oh, wait, the Manticore no. there. I have to watch no. it. No, <laughs> <laughs> It's been really fun. There, everybody's been really great. There's some great costumes out here, and yes. like we've said every year, I mean, this is just a really accessible con. The authors are all really accessible to sit and chat with, and the artists. And I mean, the guys are. I mean, Chet Carter was sitting right there, and he was sitting right there. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of great stuff too. I mean, I found a really unique piece of nerddom that I've been hunting for. Um, right at a little shop around the corner, so I, I can't love it enough. Yeah. I, it's it's nice, it's accessible, and it's it's very family friendly, which I, I dig a bunch. Oh, you yeah, can see some kids, some cute costumes of their Wonder uh, Woman, the woman, mini the woman Wonder girl. Woman. Oh, she was awesome. She's a little peanut. It is on it, yeah. Oh, she was up there. Is she up in the window? <laughs> she again? was up in the window behind Aww. us. So we're, we're Wonder just Woman so you know, we're recording in the atrium, which is like kind of a central location. There's people like Tim Russ and Carter were signing there on the back wall. The authors, Timmy Zahn, was in the book room there. There's a dealer's room to our right, and there's people all around us. And so you hear a lot of the noise of the con. You probably heard that during the interview as well. It's a nice din. It's that comfortable din of you feel like, you know, these are my people. 
and you feel comfortable wearing your nerd stuff because everybody understands it, and it's it's just great. It's fun being here. And here you can cross the streams. Uh, I mean, earlier I saw. <laughs> Um, I'm picturing something different, Miles. I'm just totally saying. stole my line, dude. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, a guy dressed up as Rick Grimes from Walking Dead. A guy dressed up as Han Solo. A guy dressed up as uh, a classic uh, Battlestar Galactic Colonial Warrior. Just having a chat. Only here at a, at a convention can you cross the streams like that. And we have the TARDIS. The TARDIS is right over there under the northern lights. It's great. There's an R2D, an RC R2D2 running around. That's just adorable. Yeah. I love that thing. Did you hear him during the interview? He came by and chirped. Did he? Yeah, Rude. You, you, the, we'll get the, to him next time. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, Did you see on Facebook they had like this RT22 dubbed, where they dubbed out his like this, the sound beeps and what he was actually saying was subtitled. Oh yes. It was hilarious. That was priceless. It was. That awesome. was absolutely priceless. Yeah. <laughs> Mark yeah. Okarin, the, the inventor of the Klingon language, is standing just across the hall from us. Oh, my God. So, some real cool things here. Real cool That's things. totes awesome. So, last night, we sat down and we played a game that I had never played before. <laughs> and because of it, I have it sitting here in front of me, the original. We played a different version of it. Which one did we play? We played um, Munchkin Cop? Axe Cop. Oh, Axe Cop. Axe Cop. So, Axe Cop. So, and it was fun. We had a lot of fun. We played I love with, this game. I yeah, love this game. John and, and Heather Frage. It was awesome. A blast. I got to meet Steve Jackson of Steve Jackson Games um, last week when I was on my nerd cruise. Oh, you got to tell us about that. And tell us about meeting him. Well, and you guys recorded a show while I was gone, didn't you? Uh, no, we were supposed to, and I bailed because of family issue stuff. So we didn't. Because really, I wasn't there. Exactly. It was because you guys were totally jelly that I was on nerd cruise. without you. It wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same. It's, I told you, you should never put a girl on the show. Jay Smith offered to do your part. I said, no way. No way. You can't do it. He's well. got the hair. He, he does have the hair. The he hair. does have the And the beard. He's good. Oh, sorry. Hey, <laughs> I waxed. Back off. So I went anyway. on the Jonathan Colton cruise last week with um, a lot of amazing people like Will Wheaton. And I met Steve Jackson, the guy who created this game. And it was really fun because you could sit down and actually play his games with him. And he did a special, um, like a little office hours where you got to create your own Munchkin card. And that was an absolute blast. They had a, an amazing game room that Steve Jackson sponsored. So it was just mountains of all sorts of fun games. But Munchkin is just such a fun game to play with any kid and there's a bunch of varieties too so if you're a fan of 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 anything there's probably a munchkin version of it and i can't recommend playing it enough well now the history behind this game is what I, someone was mentioning it there was this what five-year-old kid who did oh the, so that's for axe cop that's so for axe, cop. axe cop was this five-year-old kid who made up these amazingly bizarro stories and his brother illustrated them so they started putting them out and then the next thing you know it just kind of blew up and now he's got like he's got merchandising agreements he's got a, an animated tv show his twitter feed is unbelievably blown up facebook they're all over the place and this this he doesn't even have to worry about college money his parents are just sitting back grinning <laughs> I'm sure. I'm it's totally like, sure. How can I get my kid into that? Right. right. You know? And so again, and like you can see the level because he's got a game that has already got a good fan base for it. The Axe Cop. Now you've brought those two happinesses together, and it's a blast. Yeah. It's really fun to play, and it can be a little competitive, as we learned last night. Oh yeah, absolutely. John Fraser, I'm looking at you, wherever right. you are. Right. He was. He was around. Captain of the douche move. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yes. Yes. You can go picture. You can see pictures on the Facebook. I could have won. You could have, yeah. 
Thatcher. I screwed you. She's not anyway, bitter, though. But I didn't. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Neil, also at the table. Yeah, Neil did not help us. Neil yeah, did not help us thanks, at all. helper. And by thanks, I mean, you know what. Yeah. But it was, um, I can't recommend this cruise more. There's a uh, kid-friendly version of it. Not that it wasn't kid-friendly, but they have a kid-oriented one called Macaroni and Cruise, and that's kind of fun. And, and all those great, like, musicians and entertainers and writers. I mean, I got to hang out with John Scalzi. I had scotch with John Scalzi. It was amazing. And just beautiful, talented people. And it's like this, but with, like, four times as many people and on a boat. So it's 24-hour soft-serve ice cream. How could you? How could you not want that? <laughs> Although the soft serve ice cream is a lie, it's this big kiosk right by the pool, and it says sprinkles, and you go and you get your cone and you put your ice cream, and you make your little thing, and then you go, and there are no sprinkles. So it's the ice cream is a lie. It's kind of like the cake. It is like the cake. The cake, yeah. The but cake, the cake is a lie. The cake is not moist. <laughs> and so Jonathan Colton actually wrote that song. The song's for. Um, Portal. Yep, for Portal. So those songs are like, those are ingrained and, and just, I, I can't recommend it enough. I think people should go. But it's just like a con environment like this. With your close personal friend, Will Wheaton. My close acquainted friend, Will Wheaton, <laughs> right. who I made a total dork out of myself in front of. But that's that should really not be a surprise to anyone, <laughs> considering what just happened this last half hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to need to hide for a while. (laughs) So what's going on? So we're here at Farpoint. It's bitter cold out there. Sheesh. Glad to be in here. But every time the door opens, you can just feel this wash of air come in. But so what do you guys have planned, Miles, um, the rest of the day? Uh, I'm I'm part of a Big Bang Theory panel at 1 o'clock. And um, also... um, Closer to the mic. Oh. Um, I'm going to be uh, part of a Big Bang Theory uh, panel. I'm looking forward to that. Look, talk, talk to some folks uh, about Big Bang Theory. And then um, later on today, uh, um, talk to the, the, the shows on D- the, D- the DC shows. Okay. So. That was the one that I was supposed to be on, but I'm not watching any DC shows right now. So I'm a terrible person to be on that panel. So, so. I, so I got volunteered to do that one. Yeah. And then we have, what, tomorrow we have like RIP TV, which I actually don't know what it's about. Except I'm assuming it's shows that are gone that... That's, we yes. weren't gone. Yeah. Is that the premise of That's it? That's totally the premise. About every, have, yeah, it'll be good. Like mm-hmm. Eureka. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, like everything good, like Firefly and all the yeah. things that have merit and could have grown even further, but yeah. just didn't. How about you? What panel, any other panels you're on? So I was, I'm going to be on the Netflix, Amazon, TiVo, DVR, which is basically just binge watch uh, panel. And as I still haven't found a job. Um, or taken a job, I should say. Uh, I've been binge watching a lot. <laughs> I, Hulu, I don't even need to type in my password. I just go and they go, oh, it's you. Yeah, we'll start you up. You're, we know what you're <laughs> watching. And Netflix, too. I'm sure Netflix is calling. Like, we should really charge you more. You've watched everything we have on. <laughs> yeah, I have. I really, really have. Yeah, and cool. what are you up to? Oh, I'm on the uh, well, podcasting panel. Are you on that, Jay? Yeah, Jay's on that. So Jay Smith, we're talking about Jay. Jay Smith runs Jay the Smith. HD World podcast, uh, Harbor, Hidden Harbor Mysteries. Is that what it's called? Yep. Yeah, so I got it right. M's, so Hidden, yeah, M's in that one. Uh, Hidden Harbor Mysteries. Uh, anything else? You have a book out? He's got an amazing book out. Yeah, He's got an amazing book out. Why don't you come up here and talk about it a little bit? Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll, we're going to bring Jay up here and just talk about it Jay a little Smith, bit. Jay Smith, please report to us. Jay Smith, please <laughs> report to us. Yeah, that was the chair he sat in? Yeah, that's yes. it. Oh, my yeah. God, I want to sit in it, too. Oh, now, never mind. Don't touch a microphone. The, the, the cover is going to M afterwards. I, I have oh. a Ziploc bag to put it in. <laughs> Yeah, so this Don't is, judge me. I feel special. Don't yeah. judge me. So, Jay Smith, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. I'm Jay Smith. I'm a creator and writer of HG World, the zombie survival podcast, and Hidden Harbor Mysteries, a 1930s, 40s tribute serial. Uh, deals a lot with uh, kind of the shadow meets X-1 and Johnny Dollar. There you go. Awesome, awesome. Well, so Jay and I are going to be sitting on the podcasting panel coming up in, I guess, maybe 20 minutes or yep. so. So. Mm-hmm. Very cool, um, and M, you've been on. You've been on Hidden Heart. Are you still doing that? So yes, I'm. I'm really lucky that not only I've got three roles on that show. HD World. Yeah, I think you're up to five. Up to five. You're one of our top uh, top five performers. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad Wait, I'm not. What was paying the thing you. that I did the Nazi dominatrix for? That was that was Hidden Harbor. It was Hidden Harbor too. I just thought it was something I was doing privately for someone. I'm sorry. You probably could get a couple gigs out of that. For yeah, yeah, yeah. You, could, yeah. you, could, you, could, you could charge something for that. There's it's every a new career for you. Every time I get an email from this man and there's a script attached to it, I know I'm going to have fun. I know I'm going to get a chance to stretch and have and just really build something fun. And they're really trusting of me to 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 have some fun with it and. It would, if I hear an ad lib, and I know Brian doesn't really like the ad libs, Mm-mm. if I hear one, I know that it's passed a lot of scrutiny. So I, I take it as a badge of, of joy. Yeah. But I, I love I love working for these guys. I love getting a chance to do some work, doing work for them. Well, Hidden Harbor was a lot of fun to write. It was HG World tries to be very serious and very deep. It, it succeeds sometimes, but Hidden Harbor was just supposed to be a lot of fun. And M brings this energy to any role she plays, where she could take this. Russian or Nazi dominatrix and make it fun. How is that possible? I don't know, but M accomplishes it. I don't want to discuss how I do that. It's a family-friendly show. It's family-friendly. <laughs> involves no a lot of secrets, secrets. also. Yeah, where is, so tell us, um, where is HG World right now in the story? HG World is in its final season. Basically, uh, we have a lot of plot lines that are have been thrown out there, and we're, we've just uncovered the source of the zombie apocalypse and the cure, the, the, the key to the cure to going back to normal, whatever normal is. Right. So the final season, which will be coming up at the end of this year, will involve uh, characters like Sarge, played, played by M and her military contingent, and a group of civilian survivors as they try to put things back the way they were. We never, we know that that never really happens in horror, but they're going to try. They're going to try the yeah. best of their ability. Yeah, yeah. And that's what yeah. I like about this story. It's not, it, it's not the before. It's not the during. It's definitely the after. It's yeah. definitely picking up, like, and uh, it, it, it gives a different perspective. Yeah. And I love that it starts where, where it was your son who came up with the idea, who kind of yeah. like helped trigger it. Where if you were going to get stuck in a zombie apocalypse, a Home Depot is the place to be. <laughs> Yeah. They have snacks, and they have weapons. And <laughs> you you kind of need the food, but yeah, if you needed to build shelter, those 30-foot steel walls are pretty helpful, the concrete bunker, it's, 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 it's advantageous. The, the thing that, that's, I, I think the hook for HG World was the fact that I, I used to work in retail a lot, and you get into to a big box retailer, and there's a culture, there's a language and a vocabulary that they make you learn. What would happen if you're one of 100 survivors, and they base their government on the operations manual for a Home Depot? That all the managers are like senators, <laughs> and they all talk that way. We're not. We're not survivors. We're part of a team. We're going to deliver you the five S's. And Jenny, Joe, do you remember the five S's? 
I certainly don't because I only work <laughs> with my manual. I live through the manual. I am the manual. I am HG World. That's right. Saving <laughs> selection That's, and smiles are three of them. Well, it just seems like she would be that person. She would be that a person who could really only function like this. This is not my manual. I don't really. I don't. I need. You know, it's my whoopee. I. It's the only way they know how to function. Having worked in retail a long time, there's always that manager yeah. that lives by the letter of the word and. And that's that's precisely how I built her. Jenny Joe was our HR representative, and being an HR in my day job, I played. I had a hell of a lot of fun with that role. That was. Oh, bet. And she's psychotic. I mean, she had a breakdown, and everything she has is filtered through HR. And I think when we last left her character, she was dangling over the edge of the the edge of the roof. Yep. With a with another psycho yep. ready to go over. Yeah, I'm curious what's going to happen with that. So we don't know if she's alive or dead. And in your other character, Sarge. Who oh, I love dearly. I love Sarge. Uh, the the southern kick-ass sniper from the Air she Force. She really has no patience for this kind of business. Yeah. And, and she, her language is much too filthy to be on this show. That's true. <laughs> she and Mr. Peepers. I love Mr. Peepers. Her rifle's Mr. named Papers. Mr. Peepers. Yeah, I loved that. That made me so joyful when you... She named her gun Mr. Peepers. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah, we have a lot of fun on both shows. Oh, good. Mm. So how, how's it different for you working on Hidden Harbor and HG World, the difference? Is, so, there, is there one for you? So each character is different. Each character has their little story. So when they send me what the scripts, I will sit down and, and record them differently on different days so that I can make sure that I don't screw it up that I don't miss an accent or I don't miss a feeling about it. And it's a nice challenge and I want to deliver, I want to make sure that I deliver because these guys work, I mean, it's it's A++ work that's being done. And so you don't want to screw it up. You definitely don't want to F it up. Um, so I, I love the challenge. I get very obsessive. They were waiting on lines for me, but I kept obsessing because the tone of my voice wasn't the same as it was when I originally recorded. And I felt really bad. I was like, no, it's not perfect. <laughs> Suck it up and bring me my fresca kind of situation and they're amazing and they're willing to let me like OCD about it too and I yeah. feel really sorry and I'm sorry no no, no not at all it's worth the wait in many cases Brian and I when we created HG World we realized that we were building something so we wanted, wanted to work with people who wanted to get into audio drama who didn't necessarily have the best equipment but they had the talent they did stage or they did video and they wanted to do something collaborative uh, and then through that, we met people like M and uh, Veronica Jaguer and Dave Robison. And we were able to, to, to pick some of the people who, who would deliver like M and then create Hidden Harbor Mysteries out of it. So we, we've taken the lessons that we've learned from Hidden Harbor or from HG World and created something I think that has, has been successful in its own right. Far more, I think, than HG World in some ways. So the story of Hidden Harbor, where are we at with that one? We are done. Um, it's weird because we, we base the script on a serial, and serials never end. They just kind of get canceled. Right. So we, we were contracted for, Brian was contracted for 15 episodes, where uh, we introduced the character of Mistress Penumbra, the dark, sinister <laughs> uh, overlord of Hidden Harbor. And she controls this army of women who uh, she's taken off the streets and turned into an army. And she takes over all the, the big 12 underworld masters of Hidden Harbor. And then our heroine, the, the, the femme phantom, comes in and wipes, wipes it all out. Um, but at the very end, we have a twist that uh, Mistress Penumbra was working with a, a Nazi secret agent and a Soviet secret agent at the same time, and they've brought a submarine to Hidden Harbor with a nuclear warhead. And that's how it ends. So dun, dun, the dun. actual story itself, I'm not spoiling, 
the teaser that we're never going to produce, or maybe we'll produce if there's enough interest, is just left there at the end as a, ah, oh, <laughs> We'll fly out. So if people want to find out these two shows, where can they access them? HiddenHarborMysteries.com, where if you are subscribed to, if you have iTunes, you can look for Hidden Harbor Mysteries that way. Uh, the same with HG World. Uh, or GoodMorningSurvivors.com will tell you all the backstory about HG World and its characters. And it's not the simplest, most linear story that we've told. We kind of went back and decided to put our current season Gujis between our first and second season. So if you go to the website, you might be able to understand the linear sequence a little bit better. You don't. I don't even think you you got that straight. Um, I don't. I need to sit down. You were very sweet and, and gave me bound versions of the scripts. Yes. Which are beautiful, and I, I now I will sit down and, and, and read them all from cover to cover so I can figure out what the heck is going on. Why but did I say that? I, it's very interesting to, to work in a vacuum and not work with the other actors, and when you go back and you listen to the final product, it's... It's really different. It's, really, it's kind of bizarre when I'm... Because we're doing it... I'm doing it at home in my gym jams. Like right. It's not like in a studio where we're all standing there, mm. um, but... So getting to hear the final product is delicious. and It's great when you, when you were able to pick stuff out of the recording, lines that the actors perform without context, and M will say something like, don't touch my scars. And we'll have, and I'll put that, I'll pull that out, and I'd like to have that as like a sound button on my computer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've done that with him. Oh, you know, <laughs> the minute you leave your phone unlocked, that thing is going away. Do not play it. <laughs> I'm not going to play it. Uh, Don't play not, it. Not letting you touch my phone. Don't play it. Well, thank you, Jay, for coming up and just chatting Yay. with us a little bit. Oh, thank you. Thanks, uh, Jay. Pulling him out of the crowd here just a little and bit. And, folks, he's, you've got your book for sale here. Yep. And, awesome. Oh, where can they find if they want If they want to get a hold of your book, where can they get a hold of your book? Right here at the con. Uh, I have a book called uh, Seven Till Sunrise, uh, seven uh, very dark but short stories. They've been picked up and redistributed. Five dollars, and I, um, the Diary of Joe Woodbine, which is a novel based on the HG World series, which was a finalist for the Parsec a year ago. That's available here. You can get it on Amazon.com. Okay. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Jay. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. bud. So, rest of the con. What are you looking forward to seeing? Or any panels? Any, what? Not what? Nothing. Colin it all comes Nothing. back to that, doesn't it? Of course it does. It does. all comes back to I that I am for a you. giant nerd girl. Yeah, so... Uh, My okay. Twitter handle is M, nerd. I mean, come on. Uh, I wonder if that's reserved. I did. I reserved it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, how about for you, other than Colin Ferguson? Um, well, tomorrow, tomorrow I, we'll probably want to see his session, see uh, Tim Russ's session. Definitely. Tim Russ is going to have, I think, some more footage from uh, Star Trek Renegades. So I do, I do want to see that. He's singing today. Yes. Three o'clock. Oh, cool. When, when we have a panel. When we, yeah. yeah. So. When we have a panel, the DC panel. Oh, when you guys have the panel. See you, I'm suckers. Not on, I'm not on it. <laughs> Things I do for you. Yeah. Do you want me to go sit on it? I'll go sit on it. Well, he's sitting on it for me because they scheduled me, but I'm not watching anything DC, so. Well, I'm just going to sit there and make fun of Gotham because I cannot wrap my head around that show. Oh. It's driving me nuts. I'm forcing myself to watch it because, like, so with, with, with Firefly, people only gave it 13 episodes to try. They didn't even watch the full series, mm-hmm. the full first season. So I am giving Gotham this first season to... to, to a, and it's, I'm probably not the audience for that show. And I'm trying really hard to like it. But I'm just... There's just 
With all of it, all of it. I don't like what they did with Jim. I don't like with Bullock. I don't like. Now you got her started. No, thanks a lot. And Montoya is not what Greg Rucka wrote. Greg Rucka wrote a much better, a much more richer, a beautiful uh, Renee Montoya, and she's just this little pants. Oh, you know, you started me. I'm just gonna. (laughs) I'm out. No, no, it's. I I just can't get behind this kind of semi-squishy, like, I'm terrible, but I'm going to totally be your best friend, and I'm still terrible, and I want to sleep with this chick, but I'm still terrible. Like, just, I, no. Penguin is okay. I dig Penguin, and Edward Nigma is kind of adorable, but it's, 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 and I don't like what they did with Bruce. I don't like what they did with Bruce either. Young Bruce is just, he's already too bitter. As, like he like he kind of develops this bitterness, and it could be just because I'm used to old Batman. I'm used to old canon, so this is a new view. This is part of the new. It's part of the new comic books. It goes along with the new comic book series with it. No, so it, I just can't embrace it. I'm trying, but I can't embrace it. And then I will publicly again go on the record that I was wrong about Arrow. It's really awesome. Yes, it is really, really good. You have to get through those first six episodes, and then it just goes down. Exactly. And then Flash, too. I mean... Flash is rocking. Flash is awesome. So fun. And when they cross over, it's totally adorable. We're going to have Gorilla Grodd. Are we really? Oh, yeah. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, you'll be great there at the panel. Yeah. I'll just be sh- sit there and complain about Gotham. You should be on the panel, then. No. It'll be great. Nobody wants to hear me complain about Gotham. Neil does, obviously. He's the one that stoked the fire. Well, Neil and I will have a nice little chit-chat later. Where <laughs> he will bad. learn why Gotham sucks. <laughs> oh, was that? That was out loud. That was out loud on the microphone nice. here at Farpoint. And it's nice. recorded for all posterior. That's right. We are That's not great. Forgetting. That's good times. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah, times. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll just sip it. Dealer room. There's dealer room. I, I, I don't really want to. I mean, I'm going to sit in some panels. I wouldn't mind hearing Colin speak. He was great to have on here. Ooh, my door design. Sure. Okay. And you know, uh, so our, another friend of the show, Mike Doherty, who is the creator and writer of uh, Brown Coats, which mm-hmm. was super crazy successful. Promoting ninja versus ninja monsters. Ninja versus monsters. And then also, he's got his other wonderful creation of um, Zcon. Which we'll see you in. The new trailer for that. For Zcon? The, the teaser. And yes, look, I have friends in it. It's really cool. Looks freaking awesome. It looks amazing. It, like, okay, I saw footage of Zcon like last year. And when I saw it this year, it has upped. The quality is just up from what I saw. I thought, okay, this is going to be a fan film, Z-Con type thing. But it isn't. It's more, the quality is higher than that. So with Mike, I know that he's taken, he's really learned a lot from doing the first film. And one of the things that he, he was really great about was, was contacting people who had the expertise that he was looking for. And so having that extra... Having that extra, you know, guidance behind him really got let him create the story he wanted to create. And as I understand it, you guys were written into the script, but then couldn't make filming. So I, I am playing Scott. Yeah. And some other ones Much playing cuter. Miles. Yes. I'll, I'll, and I'll, I'll, some I'll, other dudes playing Miles, and I had to coach him. He was being. I mean, he, Miles, he's tall, he's sweet, he's very mild-mannered, and this dude is hilarious and loud and big. No, that's not Miles. I'm going to coach you in Miles so that I had a real <laughs> Miles with me. Thank and you. It was a blast. The production value is great. I mean, he's put his heart and soul into it. And the storyline of, of, you know, what would happen if, if a zombie outbreak started in the middle of a con, would people notice? 
you know, how would people react? What would you do? And that it's it's these four great kids trying to do a podcast that that really kind of come together and figure a lot of this stuff out. The problem is all the guns here are prop replica guns. Right. They wouldn't help you a darn bit. Right. <laughs> you really need a Home Depot. You really maybe do. You know, maybe air, some of the swords. Nail gun. It's amazing, and actually, you guys were in the cast as well, and it was—it's just—it's a, a hoot. It was really neat to bring friends together. In the there's some things happening in the background. Uh, banter, banter, words, words. Oh, it's—it's it's a con. Ooh, there, so there's weather outside. And it's yeah. the call for snow later. Really yeah. cold. Yes. And it's, you know, it's, this is the weather of nobody's people. Yes. This is. is definitely the weather of nobody's people. And I know Mike is on his way from somewhere. Mike. Yeah. You know, but I know I'm going to plug the bejesus out of it. You know, do you know what? We can have Mike on. We and can that, do a little, okay. a little chat with him. You can find out on. more about Zcon at um, uh, youareinfected.com or youvebeeninfected.com. You've been infected, and yeah. then the uh, Ninjas vs. Monsters guys are here. And if you Google Ninjas vs. Monsters, you'll find some amazing stuff because it's part of a series. Yeah, absolutely. Very so, cool. Very good. Well, thank you, folks, the audience here. Thank, thank you, you for joining us. Thanks for hanging us. out with us. Yay. Yay. Thank you for joining us. And. Uh, Thank you, Farpoint, for having us. And Yay. we will be seeing you around. Feel free to hang around and chat, and we're going to wrap up the show. Try to convince me that Gotham is good. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's Neil's job. <laughs> Neil's jo Neil, your job, convince M Gotham that's, is that's good. That's an achievement that may not be unlocked, yes, my yes, friend. Yes, yes, I'm just going to warn yeah. you now. Now, remember, she has that and Munchkin against you, just so you know. So, that's yes, right. Slow well, until next time. <laughs> until next time. Good night and good luck. We'll see you. Do your dailies. Thank you so much for visiting the Sci-Fi Diner. We hope you enjoyed the food, the service, and the conversations. If you'd like to share your thoughts regarding what we've talked about, or tell us what you're watching or reading, flip open your communicators and contact us at 1-888-508-4343 or click the SpeakPipe link at scifidinerpodcast.com or Send an MP3 or typed email to sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com. You can also join the conversation on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash sci-fi diner. We'll share your thoughts on our listener feedback show. If you'd like to support the diner beyond the conversation, you can always throw some coins in the tip jar at sci-fi diner podcast.com. We have you loud. Hello. Hello. He's loud. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah, loud voice. Uh, let's see which microphone is. You are all oh, under my power. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is great. Hello, sci-fi fans. This is Colin Ferguson from Eureka, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Thank I you. did it. I did it. Yay. I can read. I can read. And en français, s'il vous plaît, en français. En français. Uh, I don't know how to say some of this in French. Je suis Jack Carter. Je suis, uh, <laughs> Je suis Jack Carter. <laughs>
delicious. No, I'm not doing it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna go bad quick. Do it eat like Pepe Le Pew style. So it's just a tap. It's like franglais. No, I won't do it. Uh, it is Valentine's. By the way, Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Yay! Thank you so <laughs> Thank much. Thank you guys. Colin. It was a pleasure talking with you. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, bye guys. Yeah. Goodbye. Oh God. Thank you.